I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'd like to pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the land that we're recording on in Los Angeles, the Keech, Shumash, and Tongva people, as well as paying our respects to their elders, past and present. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Mm, microphone check, one, two, what is this? All right. Hello. Hello, Aoni Sky. Hello, Benjamin Michael Lee. I've been calling you the bod lately. I know <gasps> I know. Elle McPherson was the, bo- the body, right? Oh, that was sounds she? darker, the body. But I've been calling you the bod just because I think you're in this era of like, you. I, I just want you to embrace your body. I think you've outgrown these like, the way women's like should be critical of themselves and stuff. That feels like a young woman's game. I know. And I've got it. Yeah, I'm embracing my, um, my, my bum, which is like perfect for the 90s, but in the 80s. No, no, no. We're not in the nineties. I know. I'm just saying. Once the nineties started, or maybe in the maybe the two. No, in the nineties there were no bums. Okay. The nineties was like Kate Moss and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking of. I was wondering when white people embraced big butts. I mean, the last decade, basically. Yeah, the last decade. But irrelevant of what's in fashion or not in fashion, I feel like just the whole. Probably, I'm probably projecting. Um, as Goldie so correctly used in a fight with her yesterday, telling me I was projecting, which I was very proud of. A good little pop psychology coming from your teen is good. But but I think what I'm saying is that it's time for us to outgrow these childish games of self-criticism Yeah. in our grown-up attempts at self-actualization. Yeah, for sure. Because you always do look back and you think, wow, why didn't I enjoy that era? Yeah, because we're, you know, we are we are withering away. It's going to happen. It's like <laughs> we got a few decades left, but I want to make the withering most of this. Withering uh, and withering. This time, I did have a very positive piece of feedback about my new mask aesthetic. I love. The other night we went to Rayo's restaurant with Christina Hendricks and George Biancini, and we had a delicious traditional Italian restaurant meal. By that I mean smothered in cheese. Yeah, just like clams, mozzarella. Christina said, you don't even have to look at the menu. You will know what's on it. It was it, it was sort of a Dantana's style, like 1970s Americana Italian. And I'm not saying that when you go to Italy, you do not find these dishes, of course, and they are similar, but there's something about this 70s Italian meal, you know, that kind of hits. And me and my dad used to go sort of our boys' nights when I was a kid, we'd go to a place called... Uh, oh, what was it called? It was on Bondi Road, and we I'd have the vegetarian lasagna. And it was literally just like 10 layers of cheese with some vegetables in there and then red sauce. But Rayo's, I didn't realize, is the sauce, the Rayo sauce that yes. we know and love. Yes. So, anyway, Do we this, love? Well, yeah, we, we cook with it. I don't know. Maybe love is a stretch, but sure, why not? That's what we make pasta with. Yeah, I know. I have yet to find canned sauce that 
I mean, I always zhuzh it up, you know? Yeah. But, well, uh, this is bottled, bottled sauce. Bottled, but not canned. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, um, but it was a great, a great restaurant. I didn't realize the original one was in New York. And this is- Yes, uh, yeah. Queens. Queens. And, and Chris Chang said, was Johnny Roastbeef there, the maitre d'? And I he said- He didn't introduce himself as such, but- yeah. No, I said, yeah, he has a great walk around with the tables. Do you know who he is? No. He used to be the maitre d' at Rouse and Queens. Marty sees him in there one day and is like, man, I got to put this guy in a picture. Martin Scorsese. We're in Goodfellas, yeah. the guy, that he's the guy that buys the Cadillac. And- De Niro's like, I told you to lay low for a little. It's in my mother's name. I guess that's what Johnny Roastbeef says. And later he gets burned in the Cadillac. That's Johnny Roastbeef. So when he opened the one out here, he moved. And I said, that's right. I thought I recognized him. I've only seen Goodfellas about 12 times. But he told Ben- Well, wait, wait, he- this is important. This is important. Let me, let me, let me relate this story. Because this is, this is my, this was, this was yeah. the validation I was looking for. So the beautiful babies will know that I've entered 2024 with a new- you know, I, I've gone, I, I've gone a little more, a little more masculine, a little harder edged, a little more. I want to be taken seriously. We're doing a little fundraising for our company. I want to be able to sit in a meeting with some weight and have people say, "I trust this person. This is not someone a, a lunatic with blue hair who's Just possibly taking thirty milligrams of edibles having and is a midlife, spend the money. Yeah, midlife exactly. crisis. So you see, so, you know, I'm I'm just trying to dress a little more dignified, a little more of my age, you know. So I was wearing a uh, a tux jacket that came from I forget we didn't actually it was a uh, what do you call it like a uh, what do you call that the sale when someone dies. Oh, in a uh, state. Sta- it was in a state sale, but it was like a really nice tux jacket with a lifer t-shirt. I was looking, my got my close, you know, my uh, crew cut, buzz cut hair, and and Johnny Roast Beef comes over and he says to the whole table, "Is this your lawyer?" In and a joking way, but yes. in a joking way, yeah. and then he said, "I'd like to get counsel from you." And I, in another time, I would have been insulted. insulted. I would have thought perhaps this was anti-Semitic, but no, this was very much a. Uh, he was noticing my conservative heavyweight demeanor i think yes you know? and i was um i felt that this was the validation i'm looking for we all need a little validation because we have these concepts in our minds these aesthetics we want to embody but when you and see I that love, they're reading that's it right it's good yeah it's translating i love you know we've got the nicknames he's johnny roast beef i'm the body the bod oh the bod that's right and uh, I was john so speaking of johnny roast beef um, a minor character but memorable in goodfellas Tony Powers. Oh yeah, was um, Tony Old two time friend of yours. He was gonna. I gotta get the papers. Get the papers. Yeah, says everything twice. It feels like everyone that was in Goodfellas or associated with it, it, it left an indelible mark on them. Like it was just such a cultural touchstone that it's one of those things that, like, I know. I don't know. It feels like it's it, maybe it was almost like being at Woodstock as an artist or something, it's like hard to talk yes. ever. It's funny the movies you remember in the theater. I absolutely remember, well, I saw it three times in the theater, but I remember seeing it, sitting in the theater to that movie, The Rose with Bette, Bette Midler, um, Every Which Way But Loose. Mm-hmm. Which we listened to on Spotify on the way home <laughs> from Rayo's the other night. Every Which Way But Loose. Which I didn't quite understand the connect. What made you think, want to play that song on the drive home? I've just had it in my head. It's okay. been stuck in my head. And another movie, what else do you remember? I remember seeing Star Wars in the theater. And the movie, what movie was playing when that boy tried to put my hand down his pants? Maybe Poltergeist? Something that wasn't 
the right vibe for no no for a for an early handy J. No, yeah, no, all. no. Not and I t- my except that it is spooky. Yeah, it is spooky, yeah. but especially because my the minute early my, sexual experiences are spooky. My my <laughs> ring finger touched a pube, and then my hand flew out like as if it was f- uh, catching on fire, and I was like, Zip, "Sorry, it's terrifying. Can't, can't do it." Did you make that cute noise? Did you go? I went. Spit take. So yeah, so that was that was a really that was an important milestone for me with my 2024 aesthetic. I love the buzz cut. Love the buzz cut. Great. Great gossip. That was a table oh of my great God, gossip. If, none of well, which shall be repeated could hear, here. No, you um, can't. Some stories that redefined my understanding of some of our most beloved I figures loved positively. It. positively. I know. And yeah, also yeah, yeah. stories that some gossip you kind of think, oh, I, I knew that sort of, or I can guess that. This was all stuff that I just. It was like you actually sent a meme something about It was a Jensen McCray, a songwriter who'd tweeted, um, some gossip is so nutritious that it's like that's a whole food group. And yeah, it was that kind of thing. But you know what we we'd started talking about that I forgot to chime in with my story of we were talking about when you accidentally get copied on a whole email thread that you were only meant to see one line of. Yes. And I had one of those where there was a horror director. And he horrible was, or hor- no, 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 a horror. He oh, was okay. doing a horror film. <laughs> and um, he was working with a young actress by the name of Jennifer Lawrence. This is pre-Winter's Tale. And she had to sing a song. And someone brought me in. Are you suggesting to me to dab no, my No, I'm oh, okay, t- okay. dabbing myself. Uh, someone brought me in to possibly write the song. And I met Jennifer and we were going to do, I was going to write this song. Good thing. And then I get copied on this thread that's just got an address of the studio to meet at. And it's got the director saying to the music supervisor something like, Look, I'll give Benley a chance, but I don't want any of that. That's the way I like it shit. And I was like, firstly, basic protection of our sensitive artists for people. The conversations that are happening oh, on email threads in back brutal. offices, we don't want to know about them. How is that helping I us? I hope people are changing that. Um, I, I kept having that thing where I'd sit with the writers on a TV show I was on and I love writers and 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 in Video Village and realize they just want to talk shit about the cast and the producer and director, whoever's sitting there. They don't want the actor sitting there all the time. No, that's right. And it's like that, you know, people who have heard that Dead Eyes series, that podcast where an actor got exposed to some feedback from the casting agent that he had dead eyes and that's why he didn't get a job, that was information he should never have heard and how traumatizing that can be but as a performer. But he had a great podcast out of it. Yeah, he did, exactly. It all worked out in the long Speaking run. Speaking of podcasts, I want to plug Raw Impressions, which- Dude, me which, too. Which episode got- Okay. S- why? I was last night with my insomnia, I was listening- and trying to guess which episode was the one that blew up. Okay, so Roy Impressions is one of the pods that we produce on our network. Uh, it's the podcast from Lou Barlow and Adele Barlow. And Lou, you've heard us talk about them before. Lou's from Sebado and Dinosaur Jr. And his wife, Adele, is amazing at crafting and knitting. And just also, they're both hilarious. Yeah, she's like a funny. secret comedian. And I, I think there's just been a lot of really genuine, organic growth to the podcast. But particularly this last month, Lou's been recapping... They've had some very star-studded Dinosaur Junior shows. It's been the 30th anniversary of Where You Been. So they had like Dave Matthews and Jason Isbell and 
I mean, so Stephen Malcolmus, like all kinds of different people getting up playing Dinosaur Jr. songs with them. So they've been in the media and stuff. And I think people are just coming to hear Lou's takes also on these shows, but they <laughs> had the biggest month numbers-wise of downloads of any of the pods that we put out um, this month. And just really proud of them. It's so cool to see... You know, they're not at all really like pandering to an audience. They're just continuing to explore and grow what this thing is. And it's amazing seeing the audience grow. That podcast is quite incredible. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch. Yeah. Right? Speaking of things happening to a nicer bunch, uh, we went yesterday to the Skirball Center to see our friend Adam Silverman, who he has, the Skirball Center has purchased a permanent installation of these 50 clay pots that he made out of clay from the earth of 50 different states in um, America. And it was just so cool. It's such an amazing permanent installation. And it's, they built- It's called Common Ground. Common Ground. And they built this hutch, giant, beautifully lit gallery, I mean, museum hutch in the most beautiful kind of Egg, what's it called? Egg blue. There's some term. Yeah, Tiffany's egg. Robin's egg. Robin's blue. egg yeah. blue. And the hutch kind of gives like aristocratic kind of almost like Swedish, like how Swedish royalties castles are sort of simple, but they're still. It's got like an elegance, but it's simple. And it's this giant hutch, and it was so beautiful. And I was like, wow, if I was really, really wealthy, I'd buy this whole hutch and put it in my house. And he was like, well. I said, who bought it? And he was like, the the museum. And I was right, like, oh, right, right. right. That's right. what we're there for. I know. And then he <laughs> said, but what's nice is it opens because we have these dinners and we use them. And that's the thing. Apparently, I mean, I, I wouldn't know about this, but apparently it's very difficult for a museum to acquire anything functional. Sure. Because they're investing in something for the yes. long term. They want to protect them. Part of the deal, this was a deal breaker for Adam, that anyone who purchased it, it had to be used. Yeah. So, so the over plates, the next six months, they're, they're pots and it. plates and cups, but they use it for these um, beautiful dinners where they have this special cook who's called... Mm, forget his name, but he was a brilliant, like a food scholar. Yeah, and he and it, it's just like, and they incorporate the people who work there and they had them bring recipes. And, and sort of like different immigrants who had jobs at the museum bringing in their family recipes. Yeah. And it just was And it so just beautiful. has this very elegant, but um, I don't want to use the word spiritual because I loathe and despise that word because mm, it's- That's so non-spiritual of you. I know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, spiritual meals. Mm. Yeah, it was just so nice. And Adam, someone we've known from back in the Grand Royal Extra Large days. Yeah. And it's so fun to see someone much like us who has like not ever stopped evolving and wanted to like reinvent themselves and stay connected to their art and their community. And so I think that's partly why- we like each other so much that oh, like man. we share these common historical bonds, but we're also very, you know, just driven about staying present in our lives. Yes. And he's uh he's got such a great crew. And so anytime we go to something of his, it's like a reunion. He and Amy Fleetwood seemed they have a crossover of friends, but yeah. I always know when I go to something they're doing, I'm gonna see this old school LA. And Mike Viola and John C. Riley. Do you know and, who was there? Yeah. The actress who was in Mad- Helen Hunt. Yes. I saw Helen Hunt there. What was the TV show? Mad About You. Mad About You. I actually did think about that from one moment during this very moving uh, introduction and speeches about the bringing people together, sharing common ground, sharing meals. Oh, that was something I loved that the- uh, 
the chef said that he said, this type of project isn't about solving problems. Yeah. We're not going to solve any of the world's problems. It's about planting seeds. Yeah. And I thought that was great. But anyway, there was a moment where I was, I was very moved by all this. I did turn around and look and see Helen Hunt and just the like show business life aside of me was like, trying to imagine how much money she has. And that's... that's. I know. (laughs) Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, wait, so do you think she continued making money? I know she Residual, did a bunch sure, of that movies. That, I mean, yeah. Mad About You is massive. I, I don't know who she's dating. I wondered if he brought her there. Adam. No, um, Helen Hunt's, she was with a man. Oh, I didn't notice that. Um, you assume that Helen Hunt would well, not never, have an appreciation. No, of... I think she would. I didn't know that. I wouldn't. I didn't know if she was a friend of Adams or if she came with somebody. Yeah, interesting. And then we had a very theme. It was a real theme. I mean, it sort of did start at Rao's um, restaurant. Rao, sorry, <laughs> because I got confused with Raul's, which is in yeah, me too, me New too. York, and it's and when the when I I heard this place was also from New York, I thought. Raul's, which I used to love, and speaking of the '90s and model, and you could get your tarot cards read upstairs upstairs while you were waiting for your artichoke. And that was the restaurant where I think Shalom Harlow and like they, we, the models were just could get away with so much that they were like throwing champagne glasses for fun around, and no one was reprimanding them because they were just a beautiful models. Well, that sounds fun, I guess. So fun. I know. I, I was like, you do it because I would get in trouble, but you guys, not, not, it wasn't dangerous. Just meaning like being just like wild, just kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Mo- baby models. But anyway, so um, yeah, the, yeah, the theme so you were talking the theme. about. So last night, Christina Hendricks was saying something lovely about squashing things and just starting new. Cleaning up your side of the street. Finding the like, common. Like, like I did with Tim Minchin. Exactamundo. Yes. Finding the common ground. Yes. As opposed to, you know, you do hear this, like during the pandemic when there was a lot of divisiveness, that there was one thing to try is finding common ground. Anyway, and then we went to something in the afternoon and it was also quite, uh, it turned out to be a very spiritual Sunday. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a rabbi, a very progressive rabbi of a synagogue in LA called Ikar, and her name is Sharon Bruce. Who and does she, not love the killing. She No, she is very, she, it, very interestingly, there's actually, if you listen to the Ezra Klein podcast, there's an episode from just before October 7th where he shared a sermon of hers. And the theme of the sermon was that Jewish compassion for Palestinians is the great work to be done by the Jewish community in our age. Like, much like in the 50s and 60s, like civil rights was, it was the work of Jewish people. She was arguing that Palestinian sovereignty and liberation and compassion for that struggle is the work of the Jewish people now. So she's found herself at the center of a really, you know, a a huge controversial conversation that is very divisive for everybody, Jewish people too. But she's written a book 
called the Amen Effect. Amen, Amen. That um, and Seth Rogen and uh, Lauren Miller Rogen, his wife, had a, a launch for it at the House Plant at Seth's Weed Company's office in Hollywood. And our friends um, Jenny Connor and Richard Shepard were co-hosting it. And it was yeah, Cher. What did you get out of it? I thought it was. I beautiful. thought there, she was going to talk about the war, and she didn't. She talked a lot about loneliness, and I guess what's in the book. And I did cry a little bit while she was talking. And I come in very, you know, not, I've come in very guarded after our, our history. After of, our cult shenanigans. Yeah. After our cult shenanigans. I'm always quite guarded when someone's speaking, you know, about something they're an expert at and about li how to live basically. But it was terrific. And she, I was very grateful about our relationship. It was a lot about connecting and, you know, certain things about loneliness. And, you know, you remember those old studies of why Italians live long? It's because they have mm -hmm. a town square and just, you know, this uh, a big thing. That's what I was sort of picking up on the connection. And also just that was very beautiful about when someone's suffering, if you're in a good mood, you kind of don't want. Sometimes you're capable when you're in a good space to help others, but sometimes you or don't to want- to be in community even, she was saying. Like when you're grieving, you feel the impulse to not even show up because you have to be fake. Yeah. Which reminded me of, you know, Whitney Rose going through that thing on uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City when her friend died and how she showed up at the party and it was about how would people treat her and what the, you know, it's very like- Yeah, and I was speaking about yeah, also sorry. the, that's okay, that's part of it. <laughs> and I was speaking yeah. about yeah. the person who's feeling good and doesn't want to oh, yeah. um, be brought down, yeah. which I related to because what I'm doing, well, I'm sort of, my mind is like, God damn it, I'm finally feeling okay. And then it's, you know, then this happens. It's not about somebody, but like say something seemingly goes wrong in the day. Um, and I'm just like, God damn it, I just had a moment of peace. That's my mind. I'm not really, am I saying that out loud sometimes? You say something. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, but it's sort of like that, like just yeah. to sort of, just to be brave and like, like hold space. And I mean, I like quite honestly haven't read the book, so I'm not Well, I'm we not just gonna, got it. Well, I'm I know, I know, I know. So I don't want to talk about it. I liked it, it I, but I liked um, uh, part of Seth's pitch was, uh, he was like, it's only eight chapters. It's so short. We're on chapter four hundred of Barbara Streisand's autobiography <laughs> at the moment. But um, also, it was nice to see Seth Rogen just doing. He can't not do. Yeah, he's very funny. A little funny. But thing. um, but one of the things I liked about her concept she was talking about was just about basically welcoming in to your life people who are grieving, mm -hmm. and I think that does translate to the modern situation that, you know, the modern predicament we find ourselves in, whether it's refugees or people who are from war-torn countries or people with different beliefs. The other thing she sort of touched on was also like people who had been ostracized, like, and you could take that to even be people that have done things within communities that have left them maybe canceled or, you know, the, the idea that there is redemption for people yeah. and as a community, um, being supportive of each other rather and than how shunning. to support. I always think if I went to um, a, a funeral of, um, gosh, the woman who introduced me and Amy Fleetwood, she was like a manager for Fleetwood Mac. And she was really beloved and had this, you know, decades of being just this like great woman who everybody loved and she went to the parties. And then as the years went on, she became sort of more and more strange. Mm. And people stopped kind of keeping in touch with her. You know how that happens? Totally. And it's, it is sort of hard to know. You have to definitely have, you know, boundaries, as they say. Like you can't, you know what I mean? You have to sort of 
carve out time and do it in the right. I guess that's what older people do. Like my mom has a friend who now she takes out to lunch once a week because she's older and has situations. But um, it's my mom and your mom. They I don't know if it's a generational thing or they're just good people. My mom always, we had a friend who was a paraplegic. We, we went to visit her so often and it was really heavy. But I grew up kind of like, that's what you do. Yeah, me too. Me too. My family was Our very, generation like, is they selfish. By. Well, we're also still of not ages all of us. where we're- Not all we're, of us. We're only at the beginning stages of seeing people go through some of these more, the processes of aging and illness. But, you know, it was amazing. I, I should take that back. I yeah. have many friends, like one right now who's helping out a family and sort of almost moving in with them. And- there are a lot of people, Jennifer Garner's an angel. <laughs> yeah, but my point was more like, as you get older, I think you really do realize, like, you know, that phrase there, but for the grace of God, yeah. go I. Like, no. you sort of realize that everybody's sure. in the same boat and you want to, part of the, we, you know, we've had friends stay with us when they're going through hard times. Well, you whether understand. financially or romantically. Sure. You open the door to them because you know it could be you next time yeah. also. Yeah, and you you've know? lived long enough to know what things are like. Absolutely. My, um, my place used to be Heartbreak Hotel. Totally. My house, our house. Yeah. I had two, I bumped into Selma Blair last week twice, um, one day after the other, and then... The second day, also Jason Schwartzman, the three of us, and we all met together when, um, probably when I was about 19, when Jason was dating Selma. And it was very, it was amazing, like an accidental meeting of three people that, I mean, so much has happened in each of our lives. Oh, Do you know what goodness. I mean? Like, obviously, Selma's gone through very public, um, you know, with her MS and uh, different uh, neurological challenges and stuff. But just the reality of like, you know, 25 years of living and yeah. there's been, you know, it, it's it's amazing to just sit and look at people and go, wow, I still like these people. Do you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like the spark that draws you to someone is, uh, it's really nice when that's still there. God, I'd just... love for you and Jason to be friends again. You were so tight. Yeah, we were. But that was also before, I think, male friendships, particularly when you got little kids, unless you make a real effort and like go on motorbike rides together and <laughs> stuff like that, which me and Jason Maybe are going to do. Maybe a tandem bicycle build for two with you <laughs> exactly. guys. Exactly. Those ones with the giant wheels from yeah, old like 16th century drawings. on the motorcycle. Um, but but I think like, I think often that's like the time when you have little kids in yeah, general. It's very hard to like maintain friendships. And you in can't, the same it, everything has to be organic, but you do have these like best friendships. It is so wild having these. Sometimes I'll think back to a friendship I had where for certain, even in my 20s, like you were like best friends for a couple of months. Yeah. And then you almost can't even remember the person in a way. But yeah, it's nice having a, also, we, I felt also when that rabbi was speaking about there, I feel a community. I know a yeah, lot of my too. neighbors and yeah. I know, I don't necessarily, when I lived in New York, I, well, no, I do have that here. I, I felt like I knew the, you know, the dry cleaner and the person at the grocery store or whatever. And I actually, I do have that a little bit here. I definitely well, know, if, yeah. I definitely know my uh, mom and pop 
pharmacy guy, yeah, yeah, my for sure. gay Filipino friend. It's like not open on weekends. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> quick, remember when all your prescriptions are running out. But also I think that's what Weirder Together is and has been for us, has been about the building of community. and It has? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Weirder yes. Together. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. network. It's literally it's about- our our little our shows, our little mini concerts. And- yeah, and, and it's just about like working with people whose values you basically share. And I think it is- it's, you know, it's funny, like Hollywood obviously is very doggy dog and everyone's kind of out for themselves and stuff, but there is still, you do find these, whether you call them cliques or little scenes, like you do find people gravitating together that have a shared value system. And that's, it's really important. Even just the way Australians gather together in LA and support each other, like it's, it's a survival tactic. Man. The way we all gathered together at Adana the other night for your mum's birthday. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Lovely dinner. Your mum has great taste in restaurants. No, she does. <laughs> she really does. And she lets you know this is the best. Yes. And I love that. Yes. Because she's an advocate for restaurants. And yes. restaurants need advocates. I do love that Persian, the like radish. And I love I a tray with herbs and it, it's delish. I know. So, so good. And uh, the night before that, last week, I went to see Joe Wong launch his new album at the, uh, what's it called? The Masonic Hall at Hollywood Forever. And it was so cool because Joe is like, everyone loves Joe. Like I just kept saying the Joe Wong effect, the Joe Wong effect every time I saw (laughs) someone. Because it was like, it was just so many people that from music that I know and love. And it was really nice to see everyone come out and support Joe. And he did this incredible show. There was like 20 people on stage and like high caliber players like, um, you know, Mary Lattimore on the harp and Shelley Bergen, like the two uh, premier indie harp players, both on stage at the same time. Mary Timoney, like amazing, amazing musicians. And um, he's, you know, because he does all the scoring for Russian Doll and a lot of cool shows. So he thinks very orchestrally. So it was kind of amazing seeing that he could translate that to live performance, oh, but also nice. seeing and yeah, it was. Did you see Petra H- Hayden? We see her where she wasn't there. I don't think. Did you see the Instagram where she did her vocal thing? For- oh, to River's Edge. Yeah. Yes. Totally. She's so good. We should play that on the rollout of the episode. Okay. Yeah. Or I'll think of something because now I was already thinking of a rollout. Oh, okay. Of- every time you, every time I've I just, just don't want finished- you to control it. No, no, no. Every time I've just finished editing the episode, I only like, can we put some music in this one? I was like, I've just finished. But today's the day. Yes. There's going to be something. Hooray, hooray. Hooray, hooray. Today's the day. We've been having a lot of fun in the afternoons. I've been doing TikTok lives. Oh, I love it. Yeah, which has been so good. um, Yeah, I was going to try to do that get ready with me whilst you were doing your TikTok live. that is, we are double fisting some content. Except the makeup and the... The the guitar handle it was and all having the of, camera in vertical like there's so there's a very I know that was a tease you there. were with Georgia Mac who I just talk about appreciating mm. your community yeah. I love her I know. and it's cute that my mom and stepdad have started to really love we have these children they're grown <laughs> children they're really just like people who have just moved to LA and have become you know when you adopt a, an yeah. adult sort of orphans. She's she's not an orphan. No, no, but, but people yeah. without here without family. I, I mean, mean, she yeah. has like probably a bigger community in LA than I do, yeah. but I love my Georgia Mac. Georgia Mac is in London for the next couple oh, she weeks. Went? She left last night. So anyone 
um, who wants to take her out on the town and show she George the hot spots of London. She, I'm sure she will. She good. always ends up falling yeah. and DJing somewhere. She has, she's, I'm going to call her The Voice. I can't wait for her new- That's her name. Her new record she's going to make soon. It's going to be really good. But these TikTok lives, so if you're on TikTok, I've been going on sometime like between 4 and 6 p.m. and just doing requests. Me and Goldie did- um. What song did we do? Uh, Kanye the other day. Oh, um, yeah, Kanye. But I was just asshole. laughing about, oh, yeah, that was that was fun. Runaway. Um, and I've been covering just any, whatever people request, UMI, and I did a Missy Higgins song and Crowded House and a bunch of my songs. It's just Crowded kind of House hang. are good. Yeah, hey, pretty, they're like. Pretty melodies. They're like our, you know, I'd say Beatles. Really? But, but the genre-wise, it's more like our ELO. ELO, okay. It's like, our, like Neil Finn is our Jeff Lynne. Okay. Like his imprint on sophisticated, intelligent pop music oh. is just indelible. Where was he? Melbourne? No. No, no, New Zealand. Oh, New but Zealand. But they're, you know, in New Zealand. Oh, this is that thing market. about yeah, yeah, the yeah. Australians claim. Oh, we'll claim that shit. No problem. Yeah, we'll <laughs> claim Crowded House. Will you claim Zach from Love Island? I'm not claiming Zach from Love Island. <laughs> He's a New no, Zealander. No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I respect to him. I'm nothing against the guy. If he makes Lucinda happy, I'm happy because I do love that little Lucinda. Look, I I wish them all the best. Uh, <laughs> love Island, whatever the most recent season was, Australia. Great. We do need to actually need to ask Tom Sharpling if he's watched that because he is a Love Island fanatic. Really? Oh, loves it. And like he's asked, he said, what do you think about this person from like, Four seasons ago, and I do I'm just follow a, up. They their Instagram, it's it's insane I'm how gonna, many yeah. followers they have. Yeah, I'm um, ask him. Did you watch the most recent season of Love Island Australia? That Tom Sharpling, he's good. Um, also, Casino Boys. I'm just plugging. Yeah, all. Casino Boys is a oh, great pod we've been I enjoying love. too. Whitmer Thomas has sort of stepped out a little bit but from Clay. it, but it's, yeah, that guy Clay is really and the funny. woman is so funny. All right, gang. He right, says gang. gang. No. He calls his friends gang. Um, okay, so what else? What else is there to plug? I guess uh, we wrapped up this season of Subtle Urban Sex Appeal. People can go back and listen to the whole first season while we're gearing up for season two. Um, they had a nice write-up. These are also our, our, yeah, our children. Other, our other babies. Beautiful babies. Um, me and Shamir, we did a song a couple years back. It never really came out on anything except SoundCloud. So we're going to release that on Spotify in a couple nice. weeks. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. And, uh, that's I miss about it. Shamir. I know I miss Shamir too. Um, well, well, are we when are we playing tennis? Tennis anyone? Yeah. This week. Let's play some tennis if the if the weather holds up. It's looking good out there. Well, we love you, beautiful babies. I'm Have a good week. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.